Welcome all you good movie buddies to the Popcorn Diet, a podcast for those who live on a steady diet of movie theater popcorn and other movie snacks like delicious, freshly cooked burgers or sliders, depending on what theater you're at. Mm. As always, my name is Rick Williamson, your very best good movie buddy. And joining me as usual is our other good movie buddy, the Canadian machine, Mr. David Melhorn. David, how you doing? Doing well. Good. It's, uh, it's awesome. good, to, good to be the weekend. Good to be the weekend. Very good to be the weekend. Short weekend for some of us, uh, but uh, very good to be a weekend. We, we finally got to catch a movie that was on our radar for a while. Yeah, it was great. So uh, this week we saw Kingsman Golden Circle. Uh, this was Finally. The, I know. This was the follow-up to, I think, I think it's safe to say it was a little bit of a surprise, the first one. A little I mean, bit. I mean, it's not that there wasn't big names behind it in that, but it was a February release mm -hmm. in 2015 and, and did a relatively unknown lead from that yeah. standpoint. He wasn't big at that time. But um, surrounded, by, surrounded by names, surrounded sure. by stars. I think it was at least intriguing because you saw in the previews sure. uh, you had Samuel L. Jackson playing the quirky bad guy with a lith. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh-huh, uh uh-huh. Then you had uh, his henchwoman, uh, Sophia Boutel. Yep. As the razor, as razor legs. Yep, razor basically. legs. Basically, <laughs> yeah, basically. Gazelle, I think, was their name in it, uh, with her two killer prosthetic uh -huh. legs, and it was just like, it was like a fun take on Bond, almost like yeah, an over the top like, let's do everything that Bond does, but not take ourselves so seriously, and and do it on another level like take it a step further oh yeah oh uh, hugely hugely like take it fully into the realm like bond always skirts the level of ridiculousness sure as well what's really funny is how bond has how every other movie has decided to go big go sure. big with color go big with villains as we'll talk about today go big with henchmen and bond is like we're gonna stay super serious now yeah so that's interesting like even when they would do like ridiculous things in their movies like they took a very serious approach to it right like even like someone and we'll talk about this later but like <laughs> an odd job you know sure and the way that he killed some people <laughs> like with his hat with his hat right like, we, it wasn't done like there was no jokes about how he's killing people like it was no it was straight. bonds the the biggest jokes were bond being a smart ass about sure. it and and that's really it you yep. know that's yeah pretty much so in in kingsman 2 or kingsman golden circle as it's called uh you have julianne moore playing this i'm gonna put her as a the short synopsis is a 50s nostalgic psychopath, is what yeah. I'm putting it at. Pit, uh, yeah, yeah. Something along that. Poppy Adams. Yep. Poppy purveyor, Adams. Purveyor of Poppy Land. Poppy Land, yep. Um, and then earmuffs real quick for those that you want zero spoilers. Yeah, if you want. If you... Yeah. If, if you, you if you haven't done any looking into the movie at all. If you haven't watched the trailer. Yeah. Then. Uh, you have Edward Holcraft who reprises his role of Charlie, uh, who was one of the people that didn't uh, land a job in Kingsman. Didn't make Kingsman, went bad, ended up siding with Sam Jackson. And you thought he was dead based yeah. off of the, the ending of them, but in a good Bond-esque way way or spy way you had that unlikable or 
un I'm trying to think of the best way to say it. The, Surpri the surprising avoidance of death. Like, yeah, the unkillable. <laughs> the resilience. Yes. The resilience of a, <laughs> well, to now bad guy. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, he is now literally the one-armed man who gets pimped out with some some great prosthetics, which... Great uh, big robot arm. And they don't even give a fuck. Like, they're like, this is a big robot arm. Like, they're not even <laughs> trying to cover it with skin. Nope. Gears and everything are nope. all open. It's just a big metal arm. Absolutely. So, uh, before we get into that, one of the things that both of these movies have in common uh, is they've got in my opinion, great villains and great henchmen. Yes, great which, actors to play them. As and well. great actors Really to play. great henchmen, now that I think about it. I really didn't do the parallel before, but uh, Gazelle with the razor legs and Charlie with his robot arm, excellent henchmen. Excellent henchmen. So that got me thinking, what does it take to be a great villain? So there's been lots, and, and we're going to talk about some of our favorites, mm -hmm. but I'll, I'll kick that question to you. What do you think it takes to be a great villain? So I actually think that it's there there are three categories of villains, I think. Okay. Now, and again, and and um, this is just my whacked out opinion here, but I kind of broke it down into three categories. And the first one is the the villains that you just can't stop watching. Like no matter how evil they are, no matter how crazy they are, they have a style to them right they're cool there's something cool about them they have a thing whether it be a personality whether it be a robot arm whether it be a 50s aesthetic um they're just cool so that's the one villain that you just can't think darth vader like darth vader joker yeah exactly like you just can't stop Hannibal. watching them. exactly exactly then there's the villains that you love to hate the villains who are just the absolute dirt worst like they are they are hypocrites they are arrogant they are evil um the ones that you just you can't wait to watch die and then when they do it just feels so good the ones like, the ones that make you like want to cheer like when you're in that theater yes and they finally get theirs yes you just want to get up and just Standing O. Which isn't the same for like a Loki or a Darth Vader or somebody like that. Or even like a that. Joker. Like, yeah, like you want to see him get his comeuppance, but you but you want to see almost how they react to it as well. Yeah. Um, and so then there's that. And then the third category, and this is what I think kind of makes the most interesting villains, are the villains that don't think they're villains. Are the villains who think that they are in the right. So we have the reluctant hero. This mm -hmm. would be like the reluctant villain. Yeah, it's almost like <laughs> the anti-hero, anti-villain kind of right, thing. An anti-hero right. is usually a dirty, no good piece of crap who, you know, does the right thing based on circumstance. You know, usually like, he, yeah, I hate the cops. I hate the law, but I have my own code of 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 conduct i'm doing this for my family right or oh, it's the same thing like, like uh we had one this year spider-man with uh yeah yeah exactly where he thinks he's in the right like yeah. i've gotten screwed over i'm doing this for my family I'm doing this like, for my family like they find legitimate justification for yeah. it those ones are really good as well and i think it whether or not they are crazy or a psychopath is immaterial uh, I think that you could put crazy psychopath on any in any one of those categories. Sure. 
Um, I think that's what makes a really good one of those three. You got to fall into one of those three. And above all else, you got to be memorable. Like whether you're a henchman or a villain, if you're a villain, then you better be memorable or you better have a memorable henchman. That's a lot of the Bond villains. Mm -hmm. A lot of Bond villains, like nobody remembers. Well, I guess that's not true because Oddjob had uh, – Goldfinger, Goldfinger. Uh, Auric Goldfinger, which is Goldfinger's a great villain. Yes, but like you look at some of the newer Bond films, where, uh, like for example, one of my favorite ones is Tomorrow Never Dies, uh-huh. and the reason it's one of my favorite is because it is subtly, like it hits all the notes of a Bond movie in a perfect way. But like that villain, Elliot Carver, who's basically just like a media mogul, like that villain is good, but I love his henchman, Mister Stamper, who's just the big blonde dude who can't feel pain so like that's his thing yep you know and so i really like that so what what do you what what do you think as far as going by like what makes a good henchman or or should they have a thing what what are you what are your thoughts on that well well to me i i put together i was thinking about it i put together like six characteristics and you don't have to have every one of them but i think you gotta the more you have like the better that you are so the first one's simple. To me, you gotta have some sort of crazy sa- slash psychopath in you. Like, sure. you can be just crazy, so you can be on that lower spectrum. But everybody's gotta have a hint of crazy. Right. Like, there's always that point. Like when you have the reluctant ones, there's always one where like the guy next to him is like, "Dude, like, you're taking this too far." Right. Like, you right. know, and they kind of go to that psycho area without really even knowing it even if they seem like they're composed like, yeah like hans landa in inglorious bastards where he's like super composed the whole movie oh yeah and then he just flips out and yeah. chokes that girl yeah yeah absolutely all right all right i like that um, second i feel like it's it's important to have a great henchman or henchwoman true yeah um not all of them have them we have plenty of solo artists out there i think of like <laughs> a uh anton uh, oh, yeah. from oh, yeah. uh, No Country for Old Men. He's obviously a solo artist there, which leads me into my next thing. You got to have a thing, like quote unquote, a thing, a thing. You got to have like, a gimmick, uh, like Le Chief in mm-hmm. uh, Casino Royale had the eye that bled. Like right. it wasn't like it, uh, like gave him an advantage or like was a source of him getting injected with some kind of weird thing. Like, right, it was just a thing about him. But there was something about that bloody eye that made him that much more intimidating. Look at all four Bond movies with Daniel Craig. Uh-huh. Which villain do you remember the least? The one without a thing. Yeah, absolutely. The, the Dominic Green from Quantum of Solace. Yep. What was his thing? Well, he had bug eyes. Yeah. Like, that's it. Yeah. And he fought Bond with an axe, which I thought was pretty dope. It was. But he didn't have a thing. No. And that's why nobody, that's why he wasn't in Spectre. And that's a big reason why Quantum of Solace was probably the the least enjoyed one of them. Spectre, they have literally every villain from all the other movies except Dominic Green (laughs) because even they know that he sucked. He didn't have a thing. But you know, like Anton in in No Country had his coin. You know, Uh he'd do his heads or tails, Uh and his gun, and his gun Uh with the when he broke out initially had his little thing that his little cattle. Yep, which we saw in uh, it. Yeah, we did see that in it. You're right. (laughs) I was like, where have I seen that before? You're right. You're right. Uh, And then obviously, you know, Joker is like taking it to the extreme of like. The outfits, the right. scars, the everything. Well, so, every Batman villain is, yes, is defined is by the their thing. Yeah. Penguin is penguin, you know, all right, those types right, of things. Right. So, okay. um, so I think you need a thing. Uh, foreign, 
always seems to be, you know, it's something about American-made movies that it's like, when in doubt, let's just go foreign for our bad guy. Well, yeah, I mean, there's there's a reason why, like, Nazis are the easiest bad guys. Yeah. You know, just make, oh, people, who are the bad People guys? already hate Nazis. Nazis. So we, it's easy to sell people on hating another Nazi or um, another Russian. It's Nazis, Russians, and then... Uh, vaguely Middle Eastern terrorists. <laughs> exactly. Like those are your three fallbacks. But I think it's funny with Kingsman, where the heroes are British, both villains are American. It's true. It's true. I thought that was fun. Too. So it kind of still goes with that. Yep. Um, you got to have some kind of brutal kill to set the tone early. Okay. So like I feel like in a lot of movies, like you get intro to the bad guy through something like over the top, like vicious or something like that. Like going back to my, my buddy Anton from No Country for Old Men. Mm -hmm. Remember that jail scene where he's choking the dude and out? He's just got the and crazy you see the look. screech the scratch marks of his boots uh -huh. on the floor, like dude. And, and he's just got his big eyes and he's straight like, like insane like he? doesn't even flinch. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. Um you got Joker, which his comes a little bit later in the movie, at least in my opinion, where it sets the tone, is when he puts the pencil through the guy's head. Um, I think that was a great one. I mean, yep. you, you've got other things you can point to in that. that well, like the whole two. heist. The heist, absolutely. The heist and, you know, killing him one by one, that mm -hmm. kind of thing, too. Um, Kingsman had a really good one. Kingsman got a really good one at yeah. the start. Um, so, and we'll talk more about that as well. Um, and then lastly, I put. A ridiculous over-the-top plan and I think this maybe is more central to like Bond movies spy more than movies. anything spy movies sure but like the more ridiculous the better like we'll go back to Kingsman 1 like the <laughs> people had cell phones and chips implanted in their heads right right and right, right. They could blow up everybody's heads at a moment's notice type of thing like something nuclear is always a popular thing. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Uh, viruses are always a popular thing. Get I want to get the the glowing thingy. Yeah, that's like literally in every superhero movie. It's I want the glowing thingy. Yeah. So so that it shoots a bolt of glowing light into the air. So I think in every movie that you have a good villain, you can probably check off at least three or four of those things. I like it. If I you, like if it. If you can't, then it's probably not a super memorable. Right. Well, you look at bad. Look, villain. just look at the bad villains. Like yeah. I think, like we talked about Quantum of Solace, but even I, you know, when when you when I think of villains, the, usually the two things that come into mind right away are um, either superhero movies or Disney movies. Oddly enough, because Disney movies used to have some of the best villains, but then I was thinking, like, do you like? The villain of Frozen is like the seventeenth most memorable thing about that movie, because he number one he's not a villain till the end. He doesn't really have a thing, you know. Or the same is true of like um, Malekith in Thor: The Dark World. Like the fuck yep. is your thing, dude? Like you're just like I will reign, and then he gets half his face burned, which is we've done that already. It looked cool, but you're not the first guy to have half your face burned off. Yep. But he never really had. A thing. He which, was just a dude. Which is funny because to me, even even Disney movies have done a good job in a couple of examples. Like think of Scar. How much did yes. you hate Scar? Yes. You know, Ursula. He, he had the henchmen. You know, yes. in in the hyenas. Yes. He had that 
initial kill, killing uh-huh. off Mufasa in the beginning. Great villain uh, song. Yeah, too. absolutely. If it's a Disney movie, you, you have, have to have, have a, a villain, villain song. song. Yes. If yes. you don't have a villain song, then you're not a real villain. <laughs> no. You're just not. No. You know, it's the same as true of Ursula. It's the same as true of... Uh, I mean, Disney's produced some of the best villains. Cruella DeVille, Cruella DeVille. Uh, her henchmen, uh, Maleficent, the evil queen, yeah. um, all of Jafar. I Jafar, mean, all of them. Absolutely. Like, and you look at a lot of them and they check off Gaston, a lot of these boxes, too. Gaston is a great villain. He has a great song. Yeah. His song was the best part of the Beauty and the Beast remake. Absolutely. And he had his thing. He's got his I'm I'm the hunter. I'm the He had when a henchman. I, too. He had he had he had his henchman. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, so, I like that a lot. So. It's it's a lot of fun to think about the non-memorable villains. Yeah. The ones that don't check off that. So we list. get into that. What are some of your what are some of your favorite villains? All right. Now, I did not make an official list, but I did break it down by those uh, three categories that I went through. All right. So I, I have four each. So I didn't do 10. I did 12. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to do that. It just seemed like and it this was is fit. why we can't stay under an hour. <laughs> it's impossible. <laughs> um, so the now some of these are typical. Some of these are the, the top of the list, you know, so like the cool villains that you can't stop watching. I had the Joker, Darth Vader. I threw Loki on there mm-hmm. and I threw on Hans Gruber as well. Hans. All of which check off those lists hans hans bubby like <laughs> killing takagi right away yep. you know that kind of thing loki doesn't fit with that early kill but he does fit with his style his thing his character yep. and whatnot um and then the then i went to the villains that you love to hate and there are a lot of really good ones there are um but the, the two I, well, I have four but the two that are heads and bounds above everything else are Commodus or Commodus from Gladiator okay. and Tavington from The Patriot. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix and Jason Isaacs played two of the absolutely most despicable pieces of shit. I and still don't like like I cringe when I see Isaacs like. That I, like, is forever he's, seared he's, him. Even when he's in another movie, I'm like, I hate that oh, prick. He's a shit. Yeah. yeah. Well, it doesn't help that he played Malfoy in Harry Potter either. And he's no. just good at playing a bad guy. He is. I don't know what it is. And the thing is, too, it's something about his look even. He's like, just got that look. It's just this pompous, evil look. And they both got stabbed in the throat. They interestingly did. <laughs> enough, which apparently is the way to go. That's how you kill Isaacs. Um <laughs> And then the other two, I have Dolores Umbridge and Harry Potter, and I have Frollo from The Hunchback of Notre Dame, who I think is Disney's best villain. I picked those two because they're hypocrites, because they stand behind this air of moral and spiritual superiority whilst manipulating and taking advantage and abusing their power, and and they're just those psychopaths who hide under this veil of order. Mm -hmm. Um, And Frollo's got a great great villain song um and then uh the last ones is the villains who don't think they're villains i had general zod and magneto particularly the version of general zod from man of steel because Uh he all he wanted was a krypton to protect that was his purpose and when superman took that away then it's on Mm -hmm. and magneto obviously is really great being He's the Malcolm X to Professor X is Martin Luther King, essentially. Sure. He's the militant one. He's the one who's willing to go out and do terrible things. Yep. Um, and he toes the line between 
villain and maybe not quite villain. I can never say hero, but villain and not quite villain. I am excited to maybe see a new X-Men villain where Magneto isn't somehow looped into their scheme. Yeah. Yeah, um, no, that'll be nice. That'll be nice. But then I also had um, Francis X. Hummel from The Rock. Yeah. Brigadier General Francis X. Hummel from The Rock. Yeah. One of my favorite villains growing up because he was totally justified in everything that he did. And he, and he even wasn't willing to do it. Like, he basically was bluffing the whole time. Yeah. Um, lo- and that put Ed Harris on the map for me. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely crushed it. And then my last one is probably one that a lot of people don't remember, but it's the operative from Serenity. Okay. Played by Chuatel El Geofor. Sure. And that is a guy who is the villain, but he is operating on pure, righteous, moral conviction that what he is doing is absolutely right. Like, he even recognizes, like, I'm a monster, I've done terrible things, but I've done them for this cause that I believe in and love. And I love that at the end of that film, when it when they show him that your cause is bullshit, that he switches. There's just something about that that's really, really interesting to me. And he never stops being a villain because he can't take back the terrible things that he did to, like, Mal and the crew and whatever. But he had such conviction that what he was doing was the right thing to do. And that's just a fascinating thing to me. Yep. I love those. So those are my 12 um, in no particular order. What about you? You got to – I have to assume, since you asked the question, that you, you have a list. Well, I, I don't have a, a – quite as organized list as you i think you know when i first think about it you know you've got the the icons which can't be denied as like some of the greatest of all time sure and those we've sort of hinted at a couple times but you've got like joker and and darth vader and hannibal um you know and you already said magneto and things like that mm-hmm. but, uh, agent smith and matrix is is a good one to me yeah um same thing he thought what he was doing was right like exactly human i mean from a machine standpoint, from a machine standpoint yeah. yeah ridding ridding of the virus uh-huh. um but as far as i i just picked the ones that i like found myself rooting against the most like not just because they were on the other side of the character i was rooting for right but like legitimately like they hurt me like and the things that they did throughout okay. the movie okay <laughs> All right. uh, you touched on two of them, um, and three of mine all come from great epic guys military films. Okay, uh, Patriot and and Gladiator were two of them, but the third one, which uh, which is actually a, kind of a two part one, is Braveheart. Which uh, Longshanks. See, everybody goes to Longshanks, but right. for me, the one I hated more was freaking uh, the Scotland one oh, in the tower, yeah, 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 the yeah. deformed face. I'm blanking on his name now. Yeah. And I, but uh, Robert the Bruce's dad. Yes, 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 yes. The leper. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I hated him. Like, <laughs> I just wanted him to get, like, thrown out of that freaking tower. Like, because if you think about it, it's really his fault, not... Longshanks for for why right. William Wallace right. got his and, and again granted we're talking about a a true story relatively Re- uh, rel- yeah so especially it's, compared it's, to Braveheart yes <laughs> so uh, but those were some of my tops Anton from No Country for Old Men like 
it was just brutal. Some of the people that got it and you, you know, even down to Woody Harrelson as, as much as he was an idiot in that film. It's true. It's a very good point. He, he was a lovable idiot in that film. Um, you know, and those were the ones that I think jumped out to me as far as like people I hated in addition to Scar. Mm -hmm. So Scar from Lion King. I mean, there's there's not one that I remember as a kid rooting against more than than Scar. Oh, yeah. You know, just wanting him to get his. Oh, he's from a piece of garbage. Um, and it, there was one I wanted to mention as well was. Um, oh, what's his name? Um, Hans Landa. Inglorious. Uh huh. In, in uh -huh. Here is the thing with Hans, though. He was so evil and like just ruthless. Mm -hmm. But man, the acting on that was so good that I was like, part of me doesn't want to see him to go. Like, no, he was just that milk scene is just iconic in the beginning. It was like <laughs> like it, the tension in that scene. Yeah. It's amazing, but it's like that villain that you just can't stop watching. Yeah, like absolutely. you know he could do like number one, he's a Nazi, he's the Jew hunter. <laughs> like shit could pop off at any moment, you know. <laughs> that scene and the the Danish scene with the don't forget the cream. Like, yeah. Oh, dude, talk about two of the most tense scenes where it's just two people talking. Yeah. Crazy. So and that's, good. That's the props to him. I mean. The what he was able to achieve without like in just dialogue. Yeah. And that's props to him and it's props to Tarantino as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. Absolutely. So those are the ones that are top of my list. You, sure. you named a lot of my favorites as well. Um, but I think the other part of this, we talked about villains a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, but the other side of this is the henchmen. So yep. I think even more so than than the villains normally henchmen have something about them like there's there's a thing for them henchmen get well they have to because the villain has the plan yes the villain is the brains the henchmen gotta have the thing like yeah. if they sometimes it's essential to the plan like right something they can do is something no one else can do right um and then sometimes it's just what makes that character memorable. right exactly so you have like the massive henchmen which I think of like, you know, like a Batista type character uh -huh. or even like the one that came to mind was that massive pilot in Indiana Jones. Yep. The big German mechanic who yep. also played the big like uh, I can't remember the name of the cult in the second one in Temple yep. of Doom. Yep. But he played the big guy fighting Indy in that yep. one, too. Yep. Same guy. Uh uh, Pat Roach is yep. his name. Is yep. the actor's name? Or Jaws from Bond. If we want to keep going with Bond, yep. You go back to Thor: The Dark World, and Malekith had his big henchman guy who he sent to prison, broke the stone, and he turned into a big the big guy. Yep. Yeah, yeah. You gotta be gotta have the big guy. That or you could have like you gotta have like a trademark way of killing people. Yes. Like thinking Goldeneye, Natalia had her little thing where uh -huh. she'd like suffocate them basically she had the like, thighs the she thighs, had the dangerous the thighs thighs <laughs> thunder thighs <laughs> or like um the raid 2 uh, the raid 2 have had literally have two characters who are named baseball batman and hammer girl cuz that's <laughs> what they do and they're the best that's and that's all they are yep. all they are is their baseball bat and their hammer and their execution and they're the actual best yep we already talked about odd job with his hat yep mm -hmm. um kingsman one had had gazelle the 
prosthetic legs. Yep, and it had a lot of good ones in this new one as well. Had a yep. few good ones in this one. Yep, uh, that were really good. Yep, yep. So or like, um, Go Go from Kill Bill is another sure. good example. Yep. you know, like I'm just gonna have this little schoolgirl with a with a, a, a razor ball on a chain, <laughs> like crazy good. And Tarantino gets that. Yeah, too. He gets that those archetypes and things like that. Yeah. So and then the last, which. You know, again, this is kind of the same with the the villains, but I feel like there's a lot of foreign henchmen. Like, doesn't matter if the villain's foreign. Mm -hmm. For some reason, they go out and find themselves a foreign henchman. Sure. And I feel like there's two groups of people that seem to get the most hench time, uh, henchwoman, henchman time, uh, and that's either Asian or Russian, like. Yeah, I feel like a lot are those Russian. Yep. It's either they're like some big, brueling person. Right. If it's Asian. It's the karate angle. It's almost always. <laughs> almost always. Odd job is a great example. Yeah. You know, or um, man, I mean, look at all the Bond villains. Like literally every Bond villain. Now, granted, Bond was a Cold War sure. relic. Yep. But all, every Bond villain was was Russian. Yep. You know, or even if you go into, you know, films that go beyond just this planet you know like look at star trek the borg you know yep. they're alien they're yep. quote-unquote foreign and i think that that's psychological i think it's always like oh they're not from our how do, world how do we get the audience behind us we get someone that's a foreigner everybody exactly. has that innate klingons like, romulans everybody has that innate us against them like you know type right. of unfortunately nature inside of them unfortunately but yeah that's a i mean even even uh, Zena on a top was was yep. Russian and like everyone else in that crew was British, you know. The, uh, so yeah, the, the one thing that Bond did always go over the top with that Kingsman did not is the name. The names, the names, <laughs> the the Kingsman names are very uh, very just very plain Jane, very simple, yeah. almost to the point where they're plain enough to be interesting. Yeah. But yeah, it's not Le Chief, uh, Xenia on a top, fucking Christmas Jones. Don't even get me started on Bond names. Octopussy. Uh, yeah, like what? Odd job, Jaws. Come on. All right, cool. But yeah, none of the Kingsmen, like Charlie, you know, which is funny for Kingsmen because all of their agents. Everything else is. Have nicknames. nicknames. Yeah. Yeah. All of the agents have nicknames, but none of the bad guys, like the bad guys, just. Charlie, yeah, one arm Charlie and Poppy and Adams. Poppy Adams, like, and and what the hell was um, you know, Gazelle, which is a good name, Richmond Valentine, like, those are good names, yeah. but they're not. Are at Goldfinger and Oddjob. No, <laughs> so yeah, it's they gotta have a crazy name. It's very good. It's so, very good. But uh, so let's move on to. Kingsman review. So yeah, let's parlay that into directly into talking about Kingsman because you and I did not watch this movie together, so we did not have a. Usually, what happens? Just a little bit of peek behind the curtain here. Typically, what happens is Dave and I will go see the movie and then we'll shoot the shit afterwards. We'll talk about what we liked, we didn't like. We usually get a good gauge of of where we're at with the movie, um, and then we come in and we do a podcast. Now, with both David and I, we travel quite a lot for our normal job. We're, we, we go all over the country and, and, and do 
what probably seems to be pretty boring, but I have a fun fun time doing it. Um, and uh, so we're not always in the same city together. We're not always at the same place at the same time together. So we got to try and 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 kind of plan this out as best we could. And you were telling me that you managed to squeeze in Kingsman between when your actual meeting was done and your actual flight, which just stressed me out the second you told me. <laughs> I found the two hours that I could fit between uh, the end of the meeting and, well, I had to find three hours because this movie is so long. Right, yeah. But, <laughs> but that's why we call him the Canadian Machine. Um, and then I got to see it uh, with my dad. I got to take him to go see it and whatever. Um, and we got to shoot the breeze about it afterwards. But you and I have not gotten a chance to talk about this movie yet. Nope. So th I'm very interested. I mean, obviously I enjoyed it. Like, I don't sure. think that that goes without saying. I quite enjoyed this film. Very, very fun. It is. Um, but... Uh, there's a few I have a few small issues, you know, that keep it from being perfect. One thing as you said, this movie's long as fuck. It is. It's like 2 hours and 20 minutes long, which usually I don't like I like long movies. Yeah. Like every time that I see like Bad Boys 2 is going to be 2 hours and 45 minutes, like I'm in. You know, like especially with Bad Boys 2. It's true. But like I went and saw this movie at 6:30 and I didn't get out till 10 after 9. And I was like, Jesus, where did the time go? <laughs> well, 20 minutes of the AMC previews. That's true. <laughs> 20 minutes of previews, which always great. One of the reasons I love AMC is you got that 20-minute buffer. You can walk in 19 minutes after the start time and still and, be okay. And you're okay. And you don't got to find a rush of seat either. You nope. just go find one of them beautiful recliners to sit in. That's right. Um, but Kingsman, uh, non-spoilers, obviously. Um, we won't get into too many spoilers. But I'll give you just a basic rundown of Kingsman the Golden Circle in the sense that the movie – Brings back a lot of the same characters from the original, from the first movie. Eggsy being the main character, being the, the, the street kid who was brought in to be the gentleman spy. Um, and then Merlin, uh, his Q, for lack yep. of a better word. His tech guy, played by Mark Strong. The underrated Mark Strong. Mark Strong. Mark Strong is great. He is. Um, and he is great in this movie, too. And what's really cool is that, I mean, again, if you've watched any previews, then this shouldn't be a spoiler. It better not be a spoiler. <laughs> but the, this is the basic plot of the movie, so it's not a spoiler. But the Kingsmen, or the whole organization, gets wiped out, mm -hmm. which for a second movie, that's a pretty bold move. And Merlin and Eggsy find their way to good old Kentucky <laughs> to meet their American counterparts, the Statesmen. Um, and fight off this new threat from this organization called the Golden Circle. Um, and uh, uh, number one, I think everybody in this movie is pretty fucking great. Oh, yeah. Like, everybody. Uh, top to bottom, T to B, great performances. Everybody's having a blast. And I really, really liked the like. Some of the big standouts for me, Mark Strong, really mm -hmm. loved Mark Strong a lot. Um, and, uh, uh, God, Pedro Pascal as mm -hmm. Agent Whiskey. Yep. Crushed it. Because that dude is like, what is that guy? What's his? He's like Spanish, isn't he? Yep. Where is he from? He's uh, from, oh, Chile. He's South American. Yep. So that's 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 my ignorance. I apologize. <laughs> and he puts on this Burt Reynolds Southern, like, Manners maketh man. Yeah. And it's weird seeing it come out of 
uh, Pedro Pascal's. Yeah, it's weird seeing it come out of his his face, but he's having a blast. Well, the funny thing about it too is he's really the main mm-hmm. American agent that we get. Mm-hmm. Statesman agent is the name of their their Kingsman. Statesman version. whiskey. Um, but that's the funny thing is is in the marketing. They go the Channing Tatum uh-huh. angle and make you think that, you know, and this is a little bit of a spoiler. They make you think Channing Tatum's the star. The of guy. The oh, he's going to team up with Channing Tatum. Yeah. But Channing Tatum is he's in it for a little bit more than he's what got, I would he's call He's got it. memorable parts. Yeah, he's got some good memorable parts. And that's parts, the thing yeah. I'd say about it being as long as it it almost feels like when they shot the movie, just everybody did way too good of a job right at each of their roles and their characters were way too enjoyable that the director was like i can't cut this no i can't cut this no even jeff like bridges. i gotta give him time like yeah. you know i leaned over to my dad and i'm like they didn't even ask jeff bridges to act like they just ran the cameras because there was a couple of scenes where jeff bridges is like drinking whiskey and you can see him Keeps like rubbing it over his and lip. i'm like that's probably just jeff bridges so i i thought that was really funny but yeah, Channing Tatum's in not as much of this movie as you think. Now, oh, does he die? Does he get put on ice? Is he in a coma? Is he is he a bad guy? Oh, I don't know. We're not going to talk about it in this part. But he's in it for 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 less than you think. Um, but everyone's Taron Egerton's great, and I love that they still give him an opportunity to go back to his his hood. Yep, and be. You know, he hasn't turned. I'm not going to drink just... that, bruv. Like I'm not going to do any of that. Fuck off, like that kind of thing. Like. Yeah. I love that. I love that they got to go back to that. Um, I really liked that they maintained the relationship of him and uh, um, princess the princess. Because, Tilde? Yeah, Tilde. Because at the end of the first movie, there's there's the, the, the sex joke, uh, which seems sort of out of place. It's like, it's like random butt sex joke. Boom, right? <laughs> and they kind of... I don't know if they redeem that. I don't know what, what but it kind of makes it seem less weird and out of place because Eggsy and her are in like a legitimate, serious relationship. relationship. And I thought that that was kind of sweet and kind of yeah. nice. And it also allows them to put a few spins on traditional spy, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, spy characteristics, the movies yep. of spy characteristics. Uh, or the the characteristics of a spy movie, excuse me, um, that you don't normally see in a James Bond or anything like that. Uh, so I like that as well. I, the 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 actors are great. Everybody's in it is great. Yeah. Um, and the plot. The other thing I thought interesting about the plot, and maybe you disagree with me, or maybe you agree with me, is that very similar to the first movie. Like, it's sort of with good intentions. Uh-huh. You know, because the first movie, his plot was to kill a bunch of people sure. for the sake of population control. Yeah. Like he was a he was basically like like black Mark Zuckerberg. Sure. And his plan was to I'm gonna kill everyone and then the earth will be saved. Yeah. Right. Yep. And it's kind of true. Here You're as all well, ruining the earth and we need to herd out. Yeah. The flock. Humans are a virus with yep. his with his lift. <laughs> yeah. You know. Um, and with Poppy, it's sort, I mean, it's kind of similar. There's a lot of layers to who the villains are in this movie. Well, and the thing about this too, is I feel like the thing that Kingsman does is it's not afraid 
and they do it in a very like comedic way uh-huh but they're not they kind of go after like some of the things happening today uh-huh um well yeah like population control global warming uh drugs like you know the whole yep. idea of legalizing drugs versus them being illegal right they have little like quotes in there that are like you're like wait a second like I hear that from that sounds one familiar. side, you know. Like I was kind of really stuff. kind of shaking because, like, I'm not a big guy who watches news or anything like no. that. But when Fox News popped up, I was like, "Are like, oh, we're gonna get a Fox News joke." But I forgot the movie's a 20th Century Fox movie. Sure. So Fox News shows up as like the legitimate news network. Well, and you'll have to remember, like, one thing that sparked a little bit of controversy in the previous one. Is they blew up Obama's head yes. in the first one. Yes, they just, I mean, they didn't actually show him. No, but, I mean, it doesn't, Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty obvious they who, who's, a, who the president is. Right, right. Well, they blew up a lot of people's heads in Oh, the I know, one. absolutely. It's not like he was the only target, but, like, there's not many movies where, like, you actually, like, in a false way, like, obviously you've had movies about, like, the Kennedy assassination, sure, Lincoln sure. assassination, but, like, there's not many times where, like, you kill like a current president a sitting in president. a movie. That's yeah, exactly. And this one was like I was almost sure like they didn't get quite as political in it, but no. the president as depicted in this movie yeah. is a fictional president who doesn't really resemble played by no. Bruce Greenwood, good old Bruce Greenwood. Bruce Greenwood who plays played, a good bad guy. Who played or plays a good prick, I'd he say. He plays a great prick, but he also played JFK. He did. In 13 Days with with Costner. Um, and this president's hands are not clean. No. And there are certain revelations about other characters that are not directly uh, tied to the villain's plot, but are kind of ancillary, like, oh, the villain's doing this, so I'm going to do this, that kind of make them like sub-villains that are yeah. sort of loosely tied to the plot. And I thought that was really interesting, too. Yeah. Um. Yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed that. Well, I so really we can move that. on to spoilers and stop sort of dancing around. Let's see, yeah, let's topics. not dance. Oh, uh, the other thing, I just, great soundtrack, f a, amazing soundtrack. Absolutely. Um, if I had to give any negatives, I would. I love the action scenes, but everybody loved the church fight in the first movie. Oh yeah, right. There was no church fight in this one. Everyone was the church fight. Like, but there was none like as memorable as that. No. Although the raid on Poppy Land is great. It is. And the damn gondola was pretty great. Yes. Um, yeah. but it's Mar uh the the director Matthew Vaughn, great director. Love Matthew Vaughn. Yeah. Um, I feel like his action was good, but it was also almost too kinetic to have any emotional impact. Like there is a scene where one of the bad guys throws a frying pan and hits somebody in the head. And in, and I went like, ooh, like, but the way it was filmed, like you could have- It was just on to the next thing. You could have had that mean, mean so much more. The, or when somebody's getting pulled into a, a bunch of blades by a rope, yeah. right? That should be a scene of high tension, but instead it's just moving so fast that you don't really get a chance to build any tension. Yeah. It's more about being chaotic and kinetic, and I would have liked to have seen those action scenes slow down just a little bit. Yeah. But other than that, I really enjoyed it. To me, to me, I like the way he does the action scenes. I just wish there was diversity in it. Like you said, 
everyone was every action scene seemed to be like the church scene. Right. It's like except took, the gondola one. Like the gondola was a good break. Like, yeah, that it was had a some big good, scene. Yeah, and it had some drama to it and that right. kind of stuff. So that was good. I just felt like it needed more of a mix. Yes. Like give us a chance to catch our breath in a couple of of the scenes from that standpoint. I I loved it like you said the soundtrack was awesome. Um you know, I think uh like I said it's basically it, if you like the first one, I don't think you'll be disappointed. It's at more. The, all. It's it's more of the same, which a lot of people say think, say that as a bad thing. But I think it's enough. There's enough differences, and the characters are good enough sure. that even though it's a lot of the same, there's enough new in it that even if you're someone that doesn't like movies when they kind of replay the same script, sure, in a different form, I think you'll still like it. Yeah, like all I mean, the acting's really good. Um, you know, none of them seem out of place from that standpoint or forced. Like, right. Uh, and Julianne Moore plays a fantastic, good, crazy villains, person. Great villains. Yep. So. Yeah, you don't go back to your favorite restaurant because they fucked up your favorite dish. You go back to your, get your favorite dish. Yeah. This is just more, it's it's more of the same. Listen, Kingsman's not going after any Oscars, so it's not like they need to no. <laughs> right. try to come up with some creative, like, new way of gotta, doing things. Yeah, like, right, exactly. So, yeah, definitely, for me, it's it's movie theater popcorn. It's not perfect popcorn, but it's it's definitely a movie that I think you, you would do well to see in the theaters. Maybe you don't got to go out right away, but... It's enjoyable. If you want to go see a theaters. movie and you like the first Kingsman... I'd say go check it out in the theaters and you'll you have a really good time. If you didn't like the first Kingsman, guess what? You're probably not gonna you're like probably this. Probably not gonna like this one because this one ramps it up. That whole butt sex scene I talked about, this one fucking just bulldozes that. <laughs> Which I was just like, no, no, what? What is happening? And so that then will lead us directly into spoilers. From this point on out, we're going to talk spoilers for Kingsman, the Golden Circle. So if if you want to get out now, get out now. Uh, if you like the first Kingsman, go see this one. You'll enjoy it. But Jesus Christ, I didn't think that they would actually follow a finger up into a girl to plant a bug. Here's the thing that I love about Kingsman in – like as you compare it to like a bond like there was these things that bond always did that kind of were just accepted as like part of his plan sure like he'd hook up with the like casino royale he hooks up with the uh, uh what's her name in the early part of yeah it. the beach girl the beach girl. girl on the horse and that's obviously to get an in at her husband or boyfriend uh -huh. i don't remember if it was a husband or boyfriend husband, i think um but it was obviously for that purpose. But it was always just – he always just slept with people to, like, get an in. Sure. Like, this literally, literally. – he has to <laughs> hook up with her to plant – like, to for some reason, that's the in. only way we can track this girl is if we stick something inside we gotta of her. We got to get it in. <laughs> Fucking crazy. <laughs> now, granted, I had heard about that, and I was like, oh, Jesus, what are they going to do? <laughs> And they did it in a way that I guess is the only way that you could have done it to where you see way more than you want to see. And yet you don't see hardly anything, anything at all. Nope. Um, I had – I mean, might as well just lead with that. <laughs> um, but uh, – But the thing about it is is they – they again, the thing that – is fun about Kingsman is the that whole scene was comedic. Like right. it wasn't like 
oh, this movie's getting steamy. No, like, it was it, like, it, what, 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 what? The, oh! between, between him going to the bathroom and <laughs> FaceTiming or whatever you want to say, video yeah, chatting. Yeah, FaceTiming, yeah. Uh, Tilde, his girlfriend, and yep. being like, look, I've got to do this. Like Again, it's just like a fun like turning the opposite of like a Bond. Exactly. Like, it plays Bond would have just the straight tropes. hooked up and done it and probably never told whoever his significant other was about right. it. Uh, Bond wouldn't have had a significant other to begin with. Well, it's true, but he has had like in the Casino Royale. Sure, sure, he had, sure. You know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, this movie's over the top. This movie's it's really violent, but at the same time, it's also not as violent as I thought. Like people get ground up into hamburgers and cut in half by laser lassos but there's not a lot of of gushing blood no like normally because we've seen the whole like meat grinder wood chopper sure way of blood killing everywhere before and normally when that happens blood splits out it's everywhere everywhere and you're in this like and and this is something that's common of kingsman too and maybe it's just a british thing but like it's a very clean there's always like almost like a uh hospital clean feel to the the villains layers her, for black her layer poppy land is like cambodian island yeah it's cambodia but once you get into the building that she's in most of the time which is like the 50s diner uh-huh. like it's almost like like i said like spotless spotless yeah and so you're like sticking someone into a meat grinder like blood everywhere you're right. expecting but no it keeps it all contained somehow in that meat grinder and that, right, which and is, doesn't play the whole brutal kill thing. Like that kill seems less brutal to me because she wasn't standing there getting blood splashed on her face, right? Crazy, right? It literally just came out as ground beef. Yeah. Uh, the second, the first movie is the same thing. Like they blew up everybody's heads in that movie, and yet they were all colorful bursts of like <laughs> of smoke and stuff. And so I think it's really, I think that that's really interesting that you have these super violent like people getting their arms cut off people getting their but literally cut in half um and there wasn't a lot of blood but yeah the kills were a little bit more brutal than because like the exploding heads like they made them kind of comical sure in the first one this one like you ooze blood and crashed over but they only had two people actually get to that point yeah i thought it would be i thought it would be more brutal as well um and so yeah i I love the 50s nostalgia in cambodia um some really good cameos in this movie yep um beyond like again like we said channing tatum a little bit more than a cameo the plot of this movie is that she's laced all of the recreational drugs with a with a virus. Yep. So anybody who does any recreational drugs, she even think, even like opium or things opium, like that. Opium, cocaine, heroin, meth, all of them. Every recreational drug that you can think of, marijuana, things yep. like that. Uh, she's laced with with a virus, which they don't get into the logistics of it. But that's how the fuck do you do that? Number one, that was one of those things where I kind of was like, every drug, <laughs> everywhere, what? Um. But that's that that's that classic over the top, <laughs> like yeah. Even in the first one, like how did you get those things implanted in everybody? Right, you know, like right. everyone, everyone. Like there's really? only one cell phone carrier. Um, and so so that was a little rough. But then they they turn blue. They then they go a little crazy and start dancing. Then they get completely paralyzed and then they die in twelve hours. And so Channing Tatum, they see that he 
turned blue because apparently he'd been dabbling in a little something something and they literally put him in a cryo tube they put him in on ice and it's like i feel like this goes back to my whole like deceptive marketing thing again yeah which i can just add another one to the list although channing tatum was in it enough and there was really good payoff at the end because they yeah. put channing tatum in a suit and whatever um but i was surprised at like jeff bridges barely in the movie uh elton john gotta bring up elton john elton john was great for the win was absolutely great even like they got like Michael Gambon to come in as as the main guy of Kingsman. He's like in one scene, yeah. And then they blow up all the Kingsmen, yep. And they kill even some of the people that were came back from the original. Like they killed Roxy real fucking fast. Yeah. They kill his dog. One of the main rules of filmmaking: you don't kill the dog. They straight killed his dog and his friend. And I was I was really surprised yep. by that. Yep. I was really really surprised by that. But a lot of big names coming into the movie. And as I said before, I think my favorite was still probably Pedro Pascal, even though he turned out to be another villain at the end. Yep. Um, which I get. Like, But he was that reluctant villain again. He was that like, one who thought he was doing the right thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. Had something tragic happen to him, and he just basically wanted to get back at the people responsible. Sure, sure. Which and I get in that. some movies, those are the heroes. Right. If you think about it. Right. Like, but now in 2017, when so many people are on on drugs, I don't know. It's, yeah. I mean, where marijuana is becoming more and more popular amongst regular everyday society and people are self-medicating and finding that there are actual useful things for marijuana, like it's not so black and white anymore, you know? Um, so I thought that was interesting as well. Uh, what are what are couple what are what are some of your favorite? If we get into spoilers, what are some of your favorite? Well, I think I think it this doesn't one it's it's used well in the movie. It's not just like thrown in there as a background song, uh -huh. but something about I I think I don't know if it was Channing Tatum influenced, but both of his <laughs> movies this fall uh -huh. had John Denver's "Take Me Home, Country Road." And both of them, it's not just like a song in one of the scenes. Like in Logan Lucky, like she sings it at the recital. It's his favorite song. Like it pops up multiple times. And uh, in this movie, it pops up early in the movie. And then Merlin is singing it <laughs> to get all the henchmen to come close yeah. to him and basically blow them up. Um, and I, you know, to me... Maybe it's because I love music a lot and I love movies. When they intersect really well together, uh -huh. like it's just a lot of fun. And like you said, this movie has a great soundtrack. One of my favorite Elton John songs is Saturday Night's All Right for Fighting. And that's a great song for a fight scene in general. It's a great general. song for the fight at the end. It's excellent. It plays almost as good as the song. I can't remember the song from the church scene um, in, in the first movie. But... And the setup to it, when he's like, Wednesday night, he's like, it's Saturday night. What's today? It's Wednesday. And he's just like, fuck <laughs> off. And then they just start fighting. Like, this is I loved angry prisoner Elton John. Like, <laughs> at first I was like, oh, they just picked another freaking British person. But right. like, even putting, making him be in all his costumes at uh -huh. different times and things like that, uh -huh. like some of his iconic costumes. Um, and he's aged a lot, but. Yeah, I thought, I, John's looking old. But he did a great job. He like, did. He was a lot of fun. He's even, throwing drop kicks. I even loved it when she was doing her like public service announcement about like the progression of it. Uh -huh. And then you got to like 
the Elton John phase where they were showing how the the the, the antidote works. Yeah, he's just sitting there like. Fuck cussing and yeah, that in the like, background. You like, bitch! <laughs> I like and that. she's just straight-faced, like, continuing her announcement. I really like that aesthetic. Like, it doesn't make very much sense from, like, just a, a like, an actual, like, uh, logistics standpoint. But sure. I love that Julianne Moore and Poppy had this aesthetic of, like, 50 chic. And yeah. even when they, like... Um, a broadcast the announcement. It starts with like the golden circle proudly yeah. presents, yeah. and then she's just got this polished like infomercial. Yeah, and I really like that. And the more I think about it, the more of a problem it is logistically. Sure, but I really like that she was just so polished, and even like her like internal display to like let the virus or uh, the antidote out was just like this. 50s-esque. Yeah, it was yep. almost like uh, Fallout yep. in, in its in its retro-futuristic style. Yep. Uh, I really, really like that, too. Um, but I was I, – I, going back to Take Me Home, Country Road, how the fuck does that show up in two Channing Tatum movies and have as big of an emotional impact no, yeah. in both movies? <laughs> yeah. I'm baffled by that. Like I said, I mean, the John Denver estate is very happy because I imagine that song's had more downloads. You got to imagine. I mean, these aren't like super huge movies, but. I imagine that song's had more downloads in the last two months than the last four or five years. I know I've listened to it quite a few times. Um, Really good. And everybody who joined, all the new people were great. Jeff Bridges is fucking great in it he's got like four scenes he is one of my favorites amazing it's just like jeff bridges jeff bridges is gonna show up be jeff bridges um i love how they do set it up so that there can be further adventures you yep. know they make it halle berry the new whiskey they make uh they, they drop got the, the channing tatum at the end yep. in the kingsman suit yeah looking awesome pretty sharp with yep. the bowler hat the bowler and all that hat. stuff like, I love I'm, me a good bowler hat. I'm into that. I'm into that for sure. Yeah, definitely. So would I like to see another Kingsman? Sure. Yeah. Make another one. Yeah. I mean, as, as long as they keep doing them well like they did with this one. Yeah. Like, again, there's nothing groundbreaking about what they did in this one versus no. the other one. It's funny. It's got great style. But it's kind of like watching that TV show that you enjoy. Right. Like, you know, episodes of The Office didn't change tons every episode right but you liked the formula that they had and you enjoyed the characters and so you'd keep watching it and i'd keep watching kingsman so i mean to me if they make six more of these i'm fine with that as I'm long as they that. find creative villains and and new takes on it and sure. things like that as long as they keep doing that then i'm fine with them keep making them yep um but if they get a little stale and you know who's in it like start losing some major people and right. like Having to kind of, you know, if you do shorten one more, up on the budget, don't like, do that. Like do one more. Yeah. Do one more. Make it a trilogy. Yeah. And I'm good. If yeah. you want to make five more, like, fine. But, like, do you're gonna one have more. To, you're already so over the top. It's not like you can go Fast and the Furious route where, like, oh you just God. keep getting more getting over more the people. top. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because then let's go. Yeah, no, I like that. <laughs> we just get other Kingsman people from, like, I don't uh, We go to the Asian Kingsman. Yeah, next. absolutely. China. We got to get that China money. Hey, so they're going to go to their Chinese brothers. Absolutely. I, I don't even know what that would be. 
I don't even know. All I know is Jackie Chan would be involved. Hell yeah. In- <laughs> Jackie Chan, 1,000. Is Jackie Chan even Chinese? He's Chinese, right? I think he's Chinese. I think he is. I just don't want to be I don't want to be like Jackie Chan and <laughs> and just start throwing things out. I'm pretty sure he is. Uh yeah. yeah. Yes. Okay, good. Whew. Uh very very glad that we did that. Um but uh yeah, yeah, that would be great. I I would see that for sure. Um yeah. Excellent. So random random last thought. This is kind of a thought out of last out of left field. Out of left field. But you know, there's been there's starting to be more and more conversation around it, um, but we've we know we've got another Daniel Craig Bond yep. coming. Yep, um, got one more baby. But and he's done a fantastic job Excellent. for the Bond. Even Quantum Solace is not that bad on the level of Bonds. It's not a bad movie no. by no means. No. Um, but who would you want to be your next Bond? All right, I'm I'm skipping all the. Everybody, Idris Elba. So, uh, Idris Elba would make a great Bond. He's too old. Now, if you wanted to go old grizzled Bond and you wanted to go do like Batman v Superman and Bat- we make Batman old so we make Bond old, number one, just keep Daniel Craig. Or number two, sure, go to Idris Elba. Then I'm into it. But if you want, as Bond always does, you want to go young Bond and you want to lock him in for six movies or four movies or five movies – all these people throwing all these names around. They got Henry Cavill. They're throwing out Jude Law. They're throwing out Tom Hiddleston, Tom Hardy. No, I'm going. I'm going with Lord Stark, King of the North. <laughs> either e- you could do either two. You could either do Kit Harrington if you wanted to. Uh-huh. Although I think he doesn't exactly have the, the charisma. Yeah. I think you go Richard Madden. I think okay. you go Richard Madden. And I think he's definitely – and Richard Madden played um, – God, what was – it was Rob Stark Yep. In, in Game of Thrones. And he played Prince Charming in Cinderella. Sure. I think he could do it. I, he's young. He's, like, super young. I don't how, – how old is he? Dude can't be 30 yet. Uh, 31. Perfect. He's 31. Bring him in. Like, I think he could do it. I, I, I'm going to throw my hat in there. And there are some other ones, but – I like this guy's look. He's got the James Bond look. Plus like some curly it. hair. Get some curly hair into the mix. I like it. So, what about you? You know, I, I'd i like to see them. The thing that was so great about the Daniel Craig Bond is that they went, like, another direction with it. Uh-huh. Like, they, they took a different take on it than they had ever. Before, it was always, like, the straight, polished, like... Like Daniel Craig before that, you wouldn't have thought of as a Bond. Right. I don't think. Right. From anything he had done before. Right. Um, so I think it'd be it'd be great if they went that route again. You know, obviously uh, an Elba would be. Idris Elba would be great. Chantel Elgiofor would be great as well. That could be fun too. He's forty though, so he's. Yeah. And that's the thing is, I don't want like, I'd prefer to get like we got out of Daniel Craig where we get a good good run of movies or even pierced we got you know i mean they weren't all great but right we got at least like got an a, era of pierce got like so, two pretty good one great and one pretty good and may, two. maybe they want to go logan style and have like let's do bond at the like later years bond we haven't done a later years bond before <laughs> don't even get me started about how they could have made skyfall into like the ultimate bond different ways that's for another conversation yeah. so but anyways it'll be fun to see what happens on that 
Uh, Absolutely. Definitely Absolutely. be watching. So spy movies are great. Keep them going. There's there's spy the spy world evolves and spy movies evolve. Sometimes they get more serious, like Jason Bourne and the current James Bond, and sometimes they go this route and they go the route of the Kingsman. But it's definitely a good movie. Uh, that I believe is gonna do it for us on this episode. As always, do us a favor wherever you're listening to us, whether it be iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play. Do us a favor, like, rate, and subscribe. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your kids, tell your wife. You can also follow us on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram at the Popcorn Diet. But for the Canadian Machine, Mr. David Melhorn. I am your very best good movie buddy, Rick Williamson. And we're going to see you next time at the movies with the Popcorn Diet. Adios.